0: Dunkel Index Podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me for probably our favorite episode of the year is my dad, Bob Dunkel.
1: Sands bubble, but we are back. Looking forward to an NBA season. Only 72 games, uh, but let's hope it's as good as as the play was in the bubble. Um, I think there's going to be some question marks about that. Uh, teams playing at, at their home venues and whether they'll be able to, to avoid COVID like they did down in Orlando. But the quality of the games was so good, and it seems like we blinked and it's back.
0: Yeah, yeah, the quality of play was really good, and there's been a real focus on reducing travel this year, um, I think because of what they learned in the bubble and COVID and all that stuff. Uh, but as a result, more back-to-backs on the schedule this year. So it'll be interesting to see – how the rosters play out, and uh, if we are able to get all 72 games in, I guess.
1: Yeah, I know. You know, every season uh, thus far in the major sports leagues and college, we've, we've questioned whether we can get all the games in, and especially at the college level, number of games have fallen by the wayside. But the pros have done a very good job of holding it together. So the NBA set the uh, the example for how to get it done. So I'm fully expecting Adam Silver and his team will will get this season in. And as you said, it's our favorite time of year. I'm so glad we're going to have games for Christmas Day. I don't know what we do on Christmas. I guess sit around and watch Christmas Story all day, which gets pretty old pretty quickly. Uh, so I'm glad we're going to have NBA uh, on Christmas Day and starting the season today on the 22nd. And we've got two juicy matchups right out of the gate, which you would fully expect the NBA to do. Which one are you more excited about tonight?
0: Well, they've loaded these up. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Durant play again. Uh, So going against Golden State, and for that matter, Curry, too, uh, who I got on my fantasy team last night. So I'll be watching a lot of Golden State games this year, I guess. But yeah, I think the first game is the one I'm looking more forward to.
1: Who do you think is going to want to prove it more? Golden State without Durant or Durant against his old team?
0: Uh, I think Golden State will want to prove it, whether that'll be possible. I don't know. Durant looked pretty effortless in the uh, in the preseason.
1: You know, I think it's 50-50. I think both are going to want it badly tonight. Um, I think Golden State definitely, you know, still has a little bit of a bad taste in its mouth for the way Durant left. Uh, and I think they want to prove, especially after going, what, 15-50 and 50 last year, worst, worst record in the league, that. They are back among the premier teams, even without Durant. And then, of course, Katie always plays with an edge, and I'm sure wants to show Golden State just what they had and and now what they don't have. So uh, I'm with you. Uh, Of the two matchups, even with the two L.A. teams going against each other, uh, I think Brooklyn-Golden State leading off the night is the one to watch.
0: Uh, yeah, now whether that's actually going to be the closer matchup, I really don't know. So line on that one is seven, seven and a half uh, right now. And as I look at uh this Golden State roster, I just don't know how competitive they're going to be this year. I guess they're really counting on uh Kelly Oubre to really step up.
1: Kelly Oubre Jr., um, James Wiseman, the new rookie out of Memphis, I think is... going to contribute a fair amount. But, of course, they're getting Steph back. And Mm -hmm. even without Clay Thompson, that's a huge void. And so sorry to see that he's going to miss the season. You know, getting Steph back, you can't underestimate that. And I also think there's some overestimating right now on on where Brooklyn is. Yes, with KD and and Kyrie, the sky's the limit. I'm sure at some point during the year, uh, the index will probably be jumping on the Brooklyn bandwagon. But out of the gate here, not quite ready to jump there, especially uh, laying seven, seven and a half against Golden State with Curry coming back and Draymond uh, and having having that edge, uh, wanting to show that they are back. Fully expect them to, to to play at their their max level tonight, and for us that that means keeping it under that line. We do have Brooklyn favorites straight up, but. Golden State comes in five and one against the spread in their last six as an underdog and the Nets just two and five against the spread in their last seven as a favorite. So opening up at first game of a double header tonight, give us Golden State in the points.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Brooklyn's roster is pretty loaded though. When you look at it, I mean, you forget they still have Deandre Jordan, Jared Allen and Nick Claxton all down low.
1: Oh my gosh. And, Karis Levert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, this was a team that made it to the bubble last year, uh, played fairly well there, um, good young core. Of course, they've got a brand-new coach in Steve Nash uh, who hasn't coached in his life, so this this will be a new role for him. But uh, with those superstars and, and the role players, probably the, the biggest challenge is going to be finding minutes uh, mm-hmm. for all that talent uh, to keep it all happy. And then, of course, the rumor floating around uh, continues with, with James Harden maybe coming to Brooklyn as well. I talk about an abundance of riches. I think it's it's too much, frankly. Uh, if he's going to have a challenge in divvying up minutes with this roster, I, I don't see how you shoehorn Harden into that mix.
0: Well, that's why I see it. I could see it as a blessing. I mean, they've got Shamit. Uh, they've got Kurucs, They've got Tyler Johnson. Uh, They've got Joe Harris, uh, they got Dinwiddie, they got Bruce Brown. They've got so many guards who, yeah, just aren't really going to see the floor all that much.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, he may have a mutiny on his hands. Of course, you play with uh, KD and Kyrie there. Uh, at any point, one of those two or both uh, can get on the wrong side. Of something, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a real challenge for Nash because the expectations are so big here. Uh, frankly, if he doesn't make the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, it's it's a bust of a season. Uh, I don't think anybody's giving these guys much runway to kind of get adjusted to each other. They're going to have to step up right away and play at a very high level. So I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Nash right now, but. He seems to be in very good favor with the two superstars, which is the key in NBA these days. Your coach and the superstars have to be on the same page. So at least starting out, there's good feelings there in Brooklyn. Now, let's see if Golden State could actually pull off the upset tonight. Uh, I'd love to read the headlines tomorrow coming out of Brooklyn. So, you yeah, know, we're fully expecting. this is a, This is a veteran Golden State team coming back off of a bust year. Uh Steve Kerr knows how to coach in games like this. So uh the line keeps on growing. The money is certainly flowing the way of Brooklyn tonight. And we're just not following it. We're gonna stick with the Warriors on this one.
0: All right. All right. So our second game tonight, Clippers, Lakers at Staples Center. Uh Lakers technically the home team though. Favored by three points right now. Uh, and it looks like everybody's gonna play. So all that talk of you know, superstar sitting out the beginning of the year. Uh, not happening. LeBron, Kawhi, all all going to play tonight. So, uh, yeah, Lakers, three points. What do you think there?
1: Well, was there any more dysfunctional offseason than the L.A. Clippers? I guess Houston would probably top the list right now and uh, continues to be dysfunctional. Oh, you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, you know, with the James Harden swirl going on, But what an offseason for the Clips. I mean, when last we left them in the bubble, they were blowing a 3-1 lead against Denver. A lot of finger-pointing going on in the clubhouse. PG-13 right in the midst midst of it. And Doc Rivers ends up leaving. So we've got a new coach in Ty Lue, who certainly uh, has been in this position before uh, replacing an unpopular coach in David Blatt. And he was able to lead the – Cavs to a to a championship. Now, of course, that was with LeBron. He does not have LeBron on this team, but he does have Kawhi, does have PG thirteen back. Uh they did lose uh some players, uh, probably first and foremost losing uh Montrez Harrell, uh sixth man of the year to the rival Lakers. That's a big loss. But but no doubt the Clips bring back a lot of talent here and have a lot to prove. And I think that line tonight reflects the fact that uh, the Clippers are still in the league with with the Lakers, despite playing so poorly at the end there in the bubble. Uh, the Lakers looked like they got stronger, quite frankly. I think bringing Schroeder in was a, a shrewd move. Uh, getting Marcus Saul is huge. And then, of course, Harrell being added. So I think they beefed up their bench, although... I don't know if there was anybody more valuable down the stretch last year coming off the bench than Ray John Rondo, and uh, they've lost him. So they've got some some new players that they're going to have to weave in. Questionable how uh, intense LeBron and AD will be right out of the gate since it's only been, seems like yesterday, that they were on the court. So uh, I'm sure uh, their minutes are going to be watched very closely here in the early game. So on this first one, uh, we like the line being low. We think that reflects the the Clips uh, bouncing back from from what was a horrendous finish to the bubble. And actually, no better team to do it against than the Lakers. They were seven and zero against the spread in their last seven uh, against their rival at the Staples Center. Um, and the Lakers just one and four against the spread in their last five as a favorite. So on this one, we're gonna we're gonna take the underdog as well. We're going both uh, underdogs tonight. And we're going to take uh, the Clippers plus the three tonight.
0: Okay. All right, so those are the only games we have in action tonight. So we'll go ahead and move to tomorrow's games. Let me pull that schedule up really quick.
1: I like what they did with the uh, teams that weren't in the bubble last year. They paired them all up against each other. So as far as I can tell, there are no bubble teams that are playing non-bubble teams right out of the gate.
0: Uh yeah you may be right. I mean I know, God, it wasn't that long ago, but I can barely remember. Actually no. Thing. Uh
1: the, I think the one exception looking at the schedule here we do have the Knicks playing the Pacers tomorrow night. So that is a non-bubble versus a bubble, but I think for the most part they tried to pair all those non-bubble teams together. Mhm. Including our first one, Charlotte at Cleveland.
0: Yes. Yeah, so two teams who we haven't seen in a long time, uh, Charlotte Hornets, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I'm seeing a line Cleveland by one. Uh, do you have an initial impression on those teams right now? I know. It seems like so
1: long. I mean, is Alonzo Morning still playing in Charlotte? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that long since we've seen the Hornets. But they do have some excitement there with LaMelo Ball coming in. And then they kind of had the steal of the offseason in signing Gordon Hayward but he goes and breaks his finger I, that guy is is the Brandon Roy of the NBA right now he just cannot buy a break when it when it comes to injuries so uh, the hornets though uh, come in 7-1 in their last 8 against the spread overall and the cavs just 1 in 4 against the spread in their last 5 at home versus charlotte of course the cavs have Two aging veterans that they've kind of built around with Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Not sure kind of where they're going. Uh, they do have some some good young guards, including Darius Garland, who came on late last year. But it just kind of seems like a mishmash of, of talent there in Cleveland. So we're going to stick with the Hornets here, especially with the, the success they've had on the road against Cleveland. Kind of a younger team that looks a little more focused. LaMelo Ball. Had some nice highlight moments in the preseason. So we're, we're going to take the Hornets to win straight up here. Certainly take them in the points on the road against the Cavs.
0: All right. Next game uh, tomorrow is Knicks Pacers, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, Pacers, a playoff team last year, get uh, favored by eight and a half points over the New York Knicks. What do you think there?
1: Yeah, that seems a little too low frankly. Um, Pacers probably had one of the biggest revelations in the bubble last year with the emergence of TJ Warren as a scoring machine. Uh, they've had some some turbulence in the uh, in the offseason with Victor Oladipo and whether he was going to come back and how committed he was to Indiana. But he's back so far so good. Uh of course they have Malcolm Brogdon uh uh coming back as well. So a good good core there. Um, you know, they got rid of Nate McMillan as head coach. But uh this is a team that that looks like it it's playoff caliber again. The Knicks, it seems like forever are in the rebuilding mode. They did add Obi Toppin uh from Dayton in the NBA draft this year. They've got R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. So they've got some some young guys that they're hanging some hopes on. But right out of the gate, going up against a playoff caliber Pacers team uh, in single digits, we we like the Pacers at home to cover that eight.
0: Yeah, don't forget, uh, the Knicks also brought in Tom Thibodeau this year, who that his coaching philosophy just really doesn't make sense with that roster to me.
1: Uh, yeah, Tibbs, uh, not the kind of guy that I seem to recall was was great with young talent, seemed to kind of run run the balls into the ground when he was there. Um, I don't know. Tibbs still seems to have that reputation as being the coach that everybody wants to get. But it's been a while <laughs> since he's had a winner and certainly taking on this Knicks franchise, uh, which has ruined a lot of coaching careers. Uh, a real challenge for them so it's maybe the last stop on the tips train see how it goes
0: yeah all right i like the pacers there all right next game is miami going down to orlando and the nba finals miami heat are favored by three and a half in their first game of the year what do you think about that
1: I think the Heat are a team that's still an enigma despite making the finals last year. What a run they had in the postseason. And, of course, the emergence of Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. What a a great performance from those three young guys. Uh, Complimented Jimmy Butler very, very well. Uh, Really highlighted, I think, what... Butler brings to a team, both from a tangible standpoint and an intangible standpoint. I think there's questions about, you know, did the Heat overperform? And I think those are valid questions coming in. Orlando, somewhat in a transition. They always seem to be in a transition down there. They got Aaron Gordon and Markel Fultz, and, you know, trying to build around some young guys, and they brought in Cole Anthony out of North Carolina with their first-round draft pick. So Steve Clifford has some, some young talent to play with there. I like Orlando in this one. The index is going to back the magic uh, for maybe a little expectation and some slippage by the heat here coming out of the gate after that incredible high of, of a run in the bubble. And uh, Orlando um, showing enough in the bubble that they look like they they could at least be, you know, middle of the pack in the East this year, maybe an eight seed in in the playoffs. So we'll take the magic out of the gate at home here, plus the three points.
0: All right. Yeah. After I uh, looked over Brooklyn's roster and then I go and see um, who the Heat have this year. Definitely a disparity in the talent level there. So it's going to be an uphill battle for them uh, to get as far as they did last year, for sure.
1: You know, great question about whether Robinson, Hero, and Autobio can continue on the trajectory that they were on in the bubble. Because, boy, they really turned into solid, solid players, especially Hero, With some of those shots down the stretch, they kind of ran against a a wall there against the Lakers in the finals, uh, which was to be expected. But the way they got there through the East was was very impressive. So if those guys can continue to to progress, the Heat will be right in the mix of things. But if there's some slippage from those guys, they kind of fall back a little bit more to where we thought they were pre-bubble, then, yeah, it's going to be a rough season in Miami.
0: Uh, and then also uh, Kendrick Nunn and KZ Paulo, I think, uh, you know, we'll see if, uh, if they can be contributors this year, too.
1: Agreed. And then, you know, in terms of turning around and playing, I, all the focus has been on LeBron and AD and, you know, how those minutes would be monitored. Uh, when last I left Jimmy Butler, that was a guy who looked gassed. I mean, he mm-hmm. left it all on the court in that postseason. So... Curious, uh, while he is younger uh, than LeBron, curious how coming back so quickly is going to affect Butler's game out of the gate.
0: True. All right, next game on the schedule is two teams who I think everybody is really excited to see this year. Uh, The new look Washington Wizards at Philadelphia 76ers. And the line is Sixers favored by about seven or seven and a half right now. So what do you think?
1: Oh, man. What do you think about it, the Sixers? I, I liked what I saw in the preseason. I thought uh, the addition of Danny Green was very, very helpful. Uh, I thought Doc looked like he had real control uh, on the team, um, at least in the preseason, how, how, however much you can judge in, in a couple preseason games. Um and I thought, you know, Simmons looked healthy, and that's that's clearly the key for Philadelphia. Is they're only going to go as far as as I think Ben Simmons even more than than Bead. I think it's it's really Simmons' team and how far he can take them. So uh, happy with the mix coming in, uh, especially after the disastrous finish to last season. Uh, the Wizards, as you said, new look with Russell Westbrook. Uh, stop on the next stop on the Russell Westbrook tour. Uh, he seems to kind of be in that bouncing around mode right now. And you wonder how long he's going to stay in Washington. Uh, nobody ever really stays in Washington too long. Um, so, uh, but this is his stop now and people are excited about his teaming up with Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans. So I, I think Scott Brooks, for the first time in a while, because obviously last year was a bust with no John Wall. Uh, so I think having that those three give the Wiz some hope that they can be in the mix uh, in the uh, Eastern Conference. And we think they've got enough uh, coming out of the gate to give Philly a game tomorrow. Um, don't have them to win straight up. But we do like the Sixers. Uh, pardon me, we do like the, uh, the Wiz to keep it within the six and a half, seven point line. So of the two kind of new look teams in the East, we expect this one to be competitive. Uh, I don't think Philly's going to come in and roll right away. So we are going to take the whiz in the points. What's your thought?
0: Yeah, I like that call. Um, I think this is a good spot for Westbrook. Uh, he fills a lot of the holes that the Wizards have. We watched them last year and they were pretty soft. Um Not even a good rebounding team. Westbrook, obviously, great rebounding guard. So he's going to fill that. Uh, And then uh, they also got Robin Lopez now uh, down low. So I kind of like this roster. Um, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him.
1: Yeah. You know, I I always think Thomas Bryan is a guy that doesn't get much um, coverage, Uh, Doesn't get many accolades, uh, but every time I watch him, he plays hard and he's pretty effective. And you're right, adding Robin Lopez uh, to what they've already got with Bryant down low uh, is a nice mix. Tell you for Philly, who I was most intrigued with uh, in the preseason was Shake Milton. Uh, Uh I think you had highlighted, you know, Doc's view of of turning Shake into another Lou Williams, and I thought, you know, early returns. Looked very, very good. I think Shake is born to score, much like Lou is, and he seemed very comfortable in that role. And that's that's a role that uh, the Sixers just did not have last year. You know, they were pulling in guys like Raul Neto, who, by the way, is on the Wiz. So this is the Raul Neto revenge game tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but um, I think uh, having a guy who can come in and give some some instant offense off the bench is, been much needed in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, new Sixers uh, roster looking good. And yeah, for the time being, I think Shake does come off the bench maybe later in the season. He switches that up with Curry or Green coming off the bench. Uh, but yeah, right now I really do like uh, those second units.
1: Yeah, I give Daryl Morey a ton of credit. He's at least given Doc some pieces to play with here. And it's going to be a challenge, as we've pointed out, with Brooklyn's ascent in, in the East. Of course, we're going to talk about Milwaukee here in a second. They, they come back as strong as ever, um, Toronto and Boston. I mean, it's going to take a lot to be in the upper echelon in the East. So at least Doc has uh, some pieces that Morey's provided. be interesting to see if he gets them all to play together. Better than Brett Brown did last year. That was just just an ongoing problem with Brown. Loved him as a coach, as a person, but he just never really seemed to get get the uh, core clicking.
0: Yep. All right. So our next game is another big Eastern Conference matchup: Milwaukee Bucks at the Boston Celtics, and the line is Boston or sorry, Milwaukee by three three and a half on the road. What do you think?
1: Yeah, does that jump out at you? I think Boston, if there's a team in the East that's looking like it could slide this year, I'd say it's the Celtics, at least out of the gate. Losing Gordon Hayward is, I think, a big loss, especially when you factor in that Kemba Walker's not going to be on the court for at least a while, I think. You know, he's rehabbing that knee. Uh, he never looks really right last year, and that's that's a huge void. I mean, they do still have Tatum and Brown, uh, which are two very, very nice pieces. But I think without Hayward and, and Walker, it's a pretty thin lineup there. And Milwaukee, you know, fresh off of uh, the extension to Giannis, the addition of Drew Holiday. Uh, Mike Budenholzer, this is a make or break year, clearly, for Budenholzer. I mean, I I don't even think having the best record in the East is going to cut it anymore. Been there, done that. It's a team that's got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So a lot for Milwaukee to prove. No better team to prove it against than on the road against Boston right out of the gate, especially a depleted Celtics team. So we agree with that line uh, that looks suspicious with the Celtics as a home underdog. We're going to take the Bucks minus the points.
0: Okay. And, yeah, uh, I watched the uh, Sixers-Celtics preseason game the other day. And another guy who's out is, I think, Tristan Thompson. Um, looks like he's day to day. I don't know if he's going to play tonight, but that's kind of a sneaky, uh, big loss for them.
1: I haven't watched Tristan Thompson since the uh, finals a few years ago with the Cavs. I didn't even realize he was still in the league. So, uh, uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, listen, when that guy was at his best in Cleveland, he owned the boards and was a defensive stopper in the middle. So agree with you. Um, he, he can be tough in, in the middle. Uh, certainly a little tougher than Taco Fall, who everybody loves. I love Taco too, but uh it's a little thin there in the middle. Need a little more muscle, and that's what
0: Tristan Thompson gives you. All right. Next up, we have the New Orleans Pelicans at the Toronto Raptors, and the Raptors are favored by, looks like, four and a half, five points, depending on where you look. Uh, so what do you think? Raptors, uh Pelicans.
1: Well, the Raptors uh think they had you know major um headline over the off season with the re-signing of uh, Fred Van Vliet, uh huge for those guys. Uh wasn't quite clear if he was coming back. But with he him back and Lowry back, Siakam back, Siakam was the one I think in the bubble that didn't perform to the level that, that we all expected, uh, especially coming off of the uh, championship year, the season before. There was definitely some slippage from, from Siakam down the stretch. So I think uh, he's a guy that's, that's going to have to turn it up a notch. Uh, they've got OG Ananobi back. So they've got you know the good core, of course, sans Kawhi uh from that championship team also missing Marcus Saul and now missing Serge Ibaka so some 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 key role players uh now gone from that mix but but those four being back uh you certainly expect the Raptors to be right there in the mix again Pell's very excited down there in New Orleans the minute limit is off of of Zion uh so anxious to see what he can do uh, Brandon Ingram uh, really excelled last year. So uh, a lot of expectation with the Pals. Uh, of course, they they got rid of Alvin Gentry at head coach. Who they bring in again? Um, uh,
0: Stan Van Gundy.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes. So they bring in Van Gundy from the uh, announcer's booth. And of course, Van Gundy, uh, did a nice job, uh, in Orlando years ago with Dwight and a, a young core there, it got them to the NBA finals. So, uh, bring in the experienced coach, uh, to try to steady the boat here a little bit. I think the loss of Drew Holiday is going to be big though for them, uh, out of the gate. Uh, he was kind of the experienced hand that they had on the floor. So, uh, High expectations from New Orleans, uh, certainly playing in the West, not easy, but, um, uh, you know, coming, uh, into the season with, with, uh, Zion and, and expecting to g- kind of get to, to the next level. Uh, tough one out of the gate though against Toronto on this one. Pels are 0 and 4 against the spread in their last four road games. And, uh, the Raptors are 15, 5 and 1 against the spread in their last 21 home games versus the Pels. So, not quite yet for New Orleans uh you're gonna have to wait at least a game. we see Toronto uh winning this one, probably going away uh so we're gonna take Toronto minus the points here,
0: okay yeah i can I see New Orleans having some real like growing pains uh this year trying to be like a team that operates in the half court and not just not just running all the time. Yeah, I agree. We
1: we need to see a little bit more here. No doubt we share the excitement in New Orleans, but uh, need to see a little more body of work before we start picking them to take on the, uh, to, to beat the Raptors um, on the road.
0: All right. Now this next matchup, uh pretty fun one, two young teams uh, who I like a lot. Atlanta Hawks at the Chicago Bulls. Atlanta added a ton of pieces uh, this year. And then Chicago, I think, got one of the best draft picks uh, in Patrick Williams. So can't wait to watch him tonight. But this line does jump out to me. Uh, Atlanta only favored by two. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. It's jumping out because uh, they did add a lot of pieces down there. And, of course, I think the expectation is that Trey Young is going to continue to develop into a star. uh, Surrounded with some good talent like Cam Reddish and uh, Kevin Herter and John Collins. Um, so good young core. And then they, they brought in some some good, solid veterans, like Ray John Rondo, who we talked about. And, I mean, nobody played better in the NBA Finals last year than, than Rondo did coming off the bench. So nice mix there uh, in Atlanta. Uh, the Bulls do have a, have a bona fide star in, in Zach Levine. Um, and... Nice rookie last year, Kobe White, out of North Carolina, uh, really developed. Uh, of course, they, they still have Otto Porter there. So with you and this Atlanta team, somewhat in the same boat as, I'd say, New Orleans, probably a notch below, but there's some excitement there with some of the young talent, but not enough to take this team on the road, even even against the Bulls team that struggled last year. They bring Billy Donovan in uh who's done a great job uh at Oklahoma City in developing young talent. So with the Bulls and Donovan on the sideline, we like Chicago at home in this one. We're not going to follow the young exciting Hawks on the cover in this one. We'll give us Chicago in the points.
0: Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll I'll be watching that one cuz I think I'd go the other way. You're going
1: to go the other way? All right. That's a mano a mano side bet between us on this one. I uh I feel good about Donovan getting out of the gate with a win here. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, the next, uh, Hawks yeah. eight and twenty-one against the spread. Their last twenty-nine road games, so not right. not a road warrior by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think that line too much on the uh, on the expectation of what Atlanta is going to be, rather than what Atlanta has been. So we're gonna we're gonna wait and see before we start taking Atlanta to win road games.
0: I got to think it's going to be kind of cool. Do they still call it the United Center in Chicago?
1: I don't. Is it still United?
0: Well, I think it's going to be kind of cool playing uh, in the empty arena. So, you know, not a typical road environment. Yeah, it is still the United Center.
1: Yeah. No, and that's a great point. You're right about that. Although there's still travel. Unlike last year in the bubble where you just kind of walked out of uh, your hotel room Mm -hmm. over to the campus. Uh, you actually do have to travel and stay in a hotel and eat in a, eat in a restaurant. I'm assuming, or maybe they're going to be eating in uh, room service. But um, either way, it's uh, it's it, it's not your home environment, so it 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 is a, a change uh, from the bubble atmosphere. But you're right, without the fans there, of course, is it really going to be that much different at United Center for an Atlanta Chicago game? How many would they be packing in anyway there in Chicago? On a...
0: Yeah, on a Tuesday night. I don't know. On a Tuesday night. It is opening
1: night, so there's always some excitement around that. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while since the United Center has seen fans that were truly into it.
0: All right. uh, Next up is the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Houston Rockets. Oklahoma City looks like they're really taking advantage of no fans this year and just not trying to win at all. Um, Pretty blatantly tanking (laughs) this season. Houston also, I don't know if they're interested in winning. Tillman Fertitta seems to just want to save as much money as he can right now. So uh, I only see one line available for this game. It's six and a half. Houston is favored. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. This is Sad for both franchises' fans, I'd say. Um, you know, poor Oklahoma City. They they really looked good down the stretch last year um, with Chris Paul at the helm, but he's not there anymore. It's Al Horford's team now, so I don't know how much confidence that gives you in, in OKC, although they still have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and, you know, maybe this will uh, allow him to flourish kind of highlight some of his skills but yeah it uh it, after overachieving last year this is a team that's probably going to be relegated to the the bottom rung in the west uh Houston you know as long as Harden's there they've still got a chance who knows how long he's he's going to end up staying they did add John Wall i think that's an upgrade uh over Russell Westbrook given how the chemistry between Westbrook and Hard and Harden had, had really gone sour. Um, they've also added Boogie Cousins, uh, at least in some of the preseason action that I saw, uh, he looks leaner and meaner. So I this could be a Boogie Cousins who's on a mission. Of course, Wall and Cousins have always wanted to play together again since their Kentucky game uh, days, so, so they they get that chance in Houston. Even with uh, you know Harden questionable, I think that's why the line's probably up in the air right now. Look at this Houston team is having enough to get past Oklahoma City on opening night at home. So we're going to take the Rockets minus the points. Okay.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's getting really ugly uh, between Harden and the rest of the group there. So I don't know how long he lasts or if this turns into kind of like a holdout situation in football where he's just not playing.
1: Tell you this highlights for me and kind of you know some of the other player movement in the league. Uh, just how much I personally appreciated Giannis uh, going back to Milwaukee. Um, you, you never saw the kind of histrionics that you're seeing down in Houston from him, and no doubt he's been disappointed the last couple seasons uh, with Milwaukee's inability to advance. But uh, just you know, really appreciate staying in in, in a small market there. Don't like it when the franchises uh, seem to be held hostage uh, by a player who's being paid a lot and is still under contract. And that's the case down in Houston. But it is what it is. It's a player's league. And Harden seems to be willing to take full advantage of that right now.
0: Yep. Yeah, so uh, Oklahoma City, though, fun for fantasy purposes this year, I think. uh, Yeah, if you want to watch SGA or Darius Baisley, they're going to put up a lot of points.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on Baisley. He was kind of one of those guys that really excelled in the bubble. So along with Gilgis Alexander, I mean, who knows? OKC maybe could prove everybody wrong, but it, it, it certainly looks like they've lost a lot.
0: Yeah. All right. Next up, we have San Antonio at Memphis, and the Grizzlies favored by two or three uh, there. What do you think about that one?
1: Uh, It's John Morant's uh, sophomore season, and I think a lot of excitement surrounding uh, that guy coming back. Uh, When last we left him, it was the play-in game against Portland, and he and Dame were going toe to toe and, uh, Dame got the better of them. But boy, Morant really looked good. So, uh, feeling good about Memphis coming in, kind of continuing on that trajectory. Once again, I, I'm, I'm the same spot I'm always, uh, at with San Antonio these last couple seasons, uh, you know, since, since the big three retired, um, still trying to find their way, um, you know, I think it's safe to say they did not get the value back for Kawhi Leonard. I'm sure this is something that Houston's looking at, uh, in how they deal with Harden. Um, DeMar DeRozan just, just has not been Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge coming back off of an injured season last year. Um, Patty Mills is another year older. Uh, they do have some, some young guys there like DeJunte Murray, uh, coming back. But, uh, and Derek White. Uh, but just kind of a mishmash, you know, they got Rudy Gay there. I it just it just doesn't feel cohesive, even with the best coach in basketball still, probably and Greg Popovich. Just don't have a great feel about San Antonio here. So we'll take Memphis uh coming out of the gate. They're sixteen and seven against the spread in their last twenty-three home games. So at the FedEx Forum we'll stick with the Grizz on opening night to cover the cover the number.
0: Okay. Yeah. It really is surprising to see San Antonio like this. They, uh, they lost all three of their preseason matchups and, uh, yeah, I agree. It just doesn't feel, uh, like a a special organization anymore.
1: No. And, you know, pop certainly still looks very much into it. Uh, I don't think there's any relaxation on his part, but, um, you just wonder how much more he's got left in him. Uh, you know, especially with this, this talent that just doesn't seem to be clicking right now. And certainly looking Uh at the talent in the West, you just scratch your head and wonder how the, how they can really compete.
0: Yep. All right. Yeah. I like that call moving on. Uh, we've got the Detroit Pistons at the Minnesota Timberwolves. So a little Derek Rose revenge action and, uh, Timberwolves actually favored by four and a half, five points at home over the another new look Detroit Pistons squad. So what do you think about that one?
1: Yeah, Dwayne Casey back for the well, he's got, you know, do look at that Blake's healthy. Uh, So so that's that's a big plus. Uh, They spent a
0: lot of money this offseason
1: and they spent a lot of money this offseason. And. You're getting an underdog in four and a half against the T Wolves. That's all I need to know. Uh, give me, give me the dog and the points, uh, against the T Wolves. And actually Detroit's eight and one right now against the spread in the last nine on the road versus Minnesota. So, uh, if there's one team Detroit uh, seems to have played pretty well against in recent years, it, it is the T Wolves. So, you know, not a, not a lot to, to sing about on either side. Uh, Yes, guess we will see maybe probably a little bit more upside on Minnesota long-term with D'Angelo Russell Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and Anthony Edwards. And number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, excited to see how he kind of fits into this. But not, not expecting anything out of the gate here uh, in terms of covering points. So we will take Blake uh, and the points uh, to at least keep this one close. Okay.
0: Yeah, looks like at least uh, Anthony Edwards not going to be another Anthony Bennett. Uh, he has at least scored a basket, um, <laughs> but you know he wasn't one of those uh, draft picks making a lot of noise in the preseason. So yeah, curious to see uh, how how much value they get out of that pick long term.
1: Yeah, safe to say this uh, draft didn't have a lot of star power in it. So um, not so sure. You know, there's really much to come out of it that's going to move the needle for any of of these ball clubs. But uh, Edwards at least looked like uh, the guy who could kind of step in and score at an NBA level right off the bat. So we'll see. Uh, Probably a pretty good opponent to do that against in Detroit. Uh, He's not going to have many easier than that one. So uh, anxious to see how he performs tomorrow night.
0: Okay, Uh, next up is the Sacramento Kings at the Denver Nuggets. And the line there is Denver by eight and a half. What do you think?
1: You know, this is a team, I think you pointed out, maybe there might be a little slippage uh, from these guys. Uh, You know, came back from two 3-1 3-1 deficits in the playoffs last year no team had ever done that before um so a lot of buzz about Denver coming in i think they're kind of a favorite sleeper to sneak in uh and maybe win the west this year uh, i don't think i go quite that far but i am bullish on on joker and and jamal murray uh, they did lose some some key role players like tory craig and mason plumley uh in the offseason but no two ran the pick and roll better than Joker and, and Murray down the stretch last year. So opening up against uh, Sactown, uh of course, has De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald coming back. Uh, they finally got rid of Vlade in the front office, so got a new look in the front office. So I think Sacramento definitely is a team that's on the uptick here. But uh, like Denver, uh, especially coming off of what was a very impressive run in the bubble last year, In fact, they finished 10-4-2 against the spread in their last 16 games overall. So looking to carry that mojo into opening night at home at the Pepsi Center. So we're going to go with the Nuggets uh, minus the points against Sacramento.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. They're going to be uh, starting Will Barton at the 3 And then having, uh, MPJ come off the bench. Also, Bull Bull coming off the bench. He looked pretty good in preseason. So they might have a really good bench unit. Um, but I don't know. It's the roster is a little bit confusing to me right now as it is
1: a little confusing. And I think, you know, you, you just alluded to him that the wild card is Michael Porter Jr. Um, he had some moments in the bubble. Before the postseason, um, you know, some were arguing he was kind of the player of the bubble uh, at the wrap-up of the regular season. He took some a uh, little bit of slippage there in, in the postseason. We'll have to see if he continues on the trajectory. Uh, if he does, and and all of a sudden it's not just Murray and Jokic, but it's Murray, Jokic, and Porter, that, that could be a pretty dynamic threesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was moments where he really looked kind of Durant-esque out there on the floor, uh, but then he would disappear for three quarters. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, no, uh, to be determined.
0: All right, uh, getting close to the end here. Second to last game, we have the Utah Jazz at my Portland Trailblazers. And um, I guess I'm a little surprised. Portland only favored by one, one and a half points. I think uh, they are poised to uh maybe take a run at that Western Conference title this year. So, what do you think about that?
1: Really, I've got just the opposite feel. I've got the eh, this is the same core that's been there and and granted they have their moments. I mean, Dame and CJ and Nurkic uh you know, definitely look good at times as as we saw, you know, getting into the uh the postseason. Uh, but then they flamed out against the Lakers, Poor, you know, Lillard got hurt, and that was all she wrote. And I, it just it doesn't seem to me like they've really added anything measurably new to this this team. So, you know, I look at them as, as a 7-8 seed again. You know, Mello's another year older. Um, you know, I don't know how much you can really count on him for major contributions. And I think the jazz with spite of Mitchell and, uh, and uh, Rudy Gobert and Conley coming back, you know, Mitchell really, I think looks like a, a superstar, not, not in the making he's, he's there, but, you know, maybe even taking it to, to another level above that. I mean, he had some performances in the bubble that single handedly almost uh, carried Utah further. In, in the postseason, so uh, I I like kind of the rising star over over even Lillard at this point uh, right out of the gate. I think that line is low for a reason. I think Utah is 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 a tough out, and I'm just not not sold on Portland being that much better. So we're going to take Utah on the points on this one.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a close matchup, I think, uh, for sure. I accidentally drafted Joe Ingles last night, and it looks like he's day-to-day right now, so not off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: even without Ingles, I, I do like this matchup and the next one. I got to say, you're so lucky to be living on the West Coast because it's not going to be staying up to the wee hours of the morning to watch these games uh, like I'm going to have to do. But this one and then our last one, Dallas at Phoenix, Very excited about this one.
0: Yes. uh, So tomorrow night, 735 Pacific, uh, Dallas Mavericks at the Phoenix Suns. And uh, yeah, Chris Paul now in Phoenix. Can't wait to see how that goes. Uh, A lot of people talking about Luca for MVP this year. So actually, I'm seeing uh, totally different lines. I've got one line, which is Dallas minus one and a half. And then I also see Dallas plus one. So uh what do you think there?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty much a pick 'em game at this point. Um you know, a lot of excitement about both these teams. I'm more bullish probably on Phoenix right now. Uh with eight no in the bubble last year couldn't quite get into the post season, but you know, Devin Booker right up there with Donovan Mitchell, uh you know, two real young stars in the West and uh DeAndre Ayton had a a nice season, and then you add into that mix Chris Paul, who at this point in his career really looks like he's more into facilitating than he is into scoring. And you look at what it did in OKC, and you're just like, wow. I mean, with with Chris Paul at the helm, you know, Phoenix really could maybe make a run this year. Dallas has arguably the consensus uh, MVP pick in Luka Doncic. Um, he had some unbelievable moments in the bubble as well, but I think Dallas is going to miss Porzingis right out of the gate. I, I think that's, uh, an absence that's going to be notable uh, and also not having Seth Curry, I think is, is, is a big loss for those guys too. So I, I think with Doncic, no doubt about it, uh, you know, Dallas is is going to be right there in the mix, but. I think with some of those other voids, at least early on, it's asking Luca to do a lot to carry this team. Uh, we're gonna take Phoenix uh to continue the momentum coming out of the bubble. Chris Paul's debut in Phoenix tomorrow night. Uh in a pick 'em game or even minus one. Uh we're gonna stick with the Suns. We're gonna take the Suns to win this one.
0: Okay. Yeah, Mavs uh get to watch our boy Josh Richardson now. And uh yeah I know he is more skilled more talented than Seth Curry but uh gosh what Seth adds to the to the lineup when he's in there is is just so much more what we were looking for than Josh.
1: Totally agree. I mean we needed a, a more reliable uh, three-point shooter. You know, we've added defense with Danny Green, so I, I think the key was was guys who could knock down shots cons- uh consistently. Uh Josh Richardson just could not do that. That being said, uh, you know, Phoenix has got a guy like Dario who, you know, I think looks better um than he did in Philly. Uh, uh-huh. The league is scattered with Sixers who tend to look a little better than they did in Philly. And I'm not so sure we might not be kicking ourselves at some point saying, you know, we did have Josh Richardson. Because uh, <laughs> I think if it's the Josh Richardson uh, from Miami two years ago, I was a pretty dynamic young player. Uh So I, I just – I think maybe some of that was the chemistry last year, and
0: mm-hmm. I think he
1: alluded to that on in his uh, exit interview. It just was no team leadership, um, so I, I'm not so sure that in Dallas he might not start to flourish again, especially playing with a guy like Doncic, who I think raises everybody's game.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh God, I know Luka. It's it's funny. Like I know a lot of times pros make stuff look easy, but he makes it look too easy and i wonder if i'm missing something or if he really is just that good so yeah i don't know it would be interesting to see if he could get mvp this year
1: yeah um i mean i think dallas is going to have to be in the mix just don't think uh you can win mvp with a with a 500 club so uh and again until Porzingis comes back i mean those two guys together Pretty good duo. Um, I think that's that's going to be a huge absence, and that's asking a lot for him uh, to take on early on. So I, I'm looking for Dallas to struggle a little bit out of the gate, and certainly this first one against Phoenix. You might have circled that last year and thought this was an easy win. I don't think so tomorrow night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a whole, like this season feels really wide open. Um, I don't know. Do you have a, a predicted finals matchup right now if you had to?
1: If I had to, I think I'd go certainly Lakers in the West again. um, You know, just just don't see any slippage yet in LeBron. Uh, AD's got that new contract, so he's feeling even more comfortable than he did last year. And I think the additions of Harrell and and Gasol and Schroeder uh, are are very good. Uh, So I I think the Lakers are even stronger than they were last year. So I, I will take them. Uh, in the West, in the East, I you know maybe I'll go Milwaukee to finally get the the monkey off the back. I I think the addition of Drew Holiday is really big uh-huh. for them. I think that's the piece uh, at point guard that they've just been missing with Bledsoe and George Hill. Uh, I'm I'm not going to buy into Brooklyn. Yet I've got to see that that team play together and play in harmony before I'm going to start taking the nets to go all the way. Uh, I think Boston is definitely going to slip uh, because of injuries and the loss of Hayward. Toronto, I think, has squeezed as much out of it as it can. I just don't know if they've got any more to squeeze, uh, and so I just don't see them breaking through. I do like the Sixers. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see. What they can do, I, I think on paper, I think they can rival Milwaukee. Uh, but certainly I need to see more there. So I'm going to take Giannis fresh off of the extension with the addition of Holiday um, to get it done and get there. So I'll take I'll take a Lakers-Bucks final right now.
0: All right. I like that. I like that.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go crazy in the West and go Denver uh, or Utah, you know, Portland, One of those teams we always like to think, you know, can somehow Mm -hmm. slip through, and I'm also not sold on the Clips turning it around completely and and getting back to the getting to the finals with Ty Lue. I think there's more problem there than just getting rid of Doc and fitting in Ty Lue can solve. So I'm going to look for what looks like a really harmonious, very good Lakers team to repeat uh, in terms of winning the West and get back to the finals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. All right. Well, that was fun, and I can't wait to watch these games tonight and tomorrow. And then I think we're going to do one more podcast uh, for the Christmas Day games.
1: Yeah, we'll do another for the Christmas Day games. Uh, So, yeah, come to DunkelIndex.com. Check out all our NBA picks, uh, all our college basketball picks. College uh, basketball is really uh, moving along at a, at a quick clip right now, Gonzaga looks uh, like the dominant team in, in college basketball at the moment, uh, good win against Iowa over the weekend. So Mark Few, uh, maybe like Milwaukee, uh, one omission on his resume is, is that championship. So the Zags certainly look loaded and uh, primed for, for a big run this year. So check out our college basketball picks. And then we're going to be wrapping up, uh, college football. We have the bowl picks up, uh, including the national semifinals. Uh, Notre Dame, despite a horrendous game against Clemson in the ACC championship, managed to slip in there. Good for the Irish. Bad for the Irish. They got to play Alabama, uh, (laughs) in their matchup. And that's not easy right now. So come, come see what the Dunkel index has. Picked on that one. We'll uh, we'll do another NFL podcast. Uh, got uh, playoffs right around the corner. So, yeah. Thanks for everybody listening and checking out the website. And a uh, ton of picks up there right now, all free. So, dunkelindex.com.
0: Yep. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again later this week. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. All right. See ya.